Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we pick up where we left off at the end of 2020. In the book of Mark, we're in chapter 13, where Jesus is telling the disciples of things that are going to come to pass. Now, these words were originally delivered by Jesus on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem, so it has been referred to since as his Olivet Discourse. In verses 24 through 26, which Pastor Jim will cover this week, Jesus ties events spoken about by prophecies in the Old Testament to his second coming. Now, the disciples knew Jesus was here now and that he had said some things about going away, even being killed. But this talk about his return likely flew right over their heads at this point in time. But after Jesus' resurrection and the filling of the Holy Spirit, it all came together for them, and they wrote Jesus' teaching down for us. We're going to spend a couple of weeks parked here in four verses. So here is today's slice of the sermon entitled, The Second Coming, Part 1. Let me show you two passages. You who are in our men's and women's Bible studies, you're studying the book of Hebrews. You've already seen this in Hebrews 1, 1 through 3 speaks of Jesus as the heir of all things, and it says, through whom also He, God, made the world, and He is the radiance of His glory and the exact representation of His nature, and upholds all things by the word of His power. Two key statements there. He made all things through Him, made the world through Him, and upholds it all. Upholds is a word that means that Jesus Christ is the one who holds everything in its proper place, in its proper relationship to everything else. You know, it's, it's astounding to me that anyone could be a physicist or a chemist or an astronomer and not be a Christian. What they're doing is just studying what God assembled, called into being through Jesus. The other passage, Colossians 1, 15 through 17, He, the antecedent of He in that context is Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created. Skip down, includes angels and everything visible and invisible, and in Him all things hold together. See that, the word hold together? Similar concept to what's in Hebrews 13, but this is a word that means that Jesus put it together and He's the one who has kept the order of creation the way it is. Next time you think about sweet little Jesus boy lying in a manger, remember, He was holding the entire universe together while He did that. When He was dying on the cross, He was holding the entire universe together while He was bearing the penalty of your sins? And what's going to happen in the time immediately preceding His second coming is that Jesus is going to stop keeping everything in that perfect stasis that we have come to know and expect, and instead, He'll shake it up. 
He's going to let some of the physical laws of the universe as we know it no longer apply, or at least be temporarily suspended. This is a terrifying description of the time when Jesus will return to earth. God's going to get everybody's attention, whether they like it or not. Turns off the sun. You ever been at a, you go into a play or something like that, and you're, you're sitting in your seats, and then everybody's talking, and, and then the lights begin to go down, and everybody gets quiet. And then the lights go out, and everything's black. And then a spotlight comes on. Where's everybody looking? Right at that spotlight. God just turns off all the lights in the universe. He's got everybody's attention. And then verse 26. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. How did He leave? A cloud took Him. Going to come back on a, on a cloud. So if it's a clear day, go ahead and get a tea time. It's not going to happen. Well... I think God can create a cloud in a moment if He wants to. But this is going to be a cloud with power and great glory. This is going to be, oh, I don't know, I've seen some pretty spectacular clouds at sunsets or at sunrise and see the sun shining through them, or you can be in an airplane and see the, the clouds lit up in these all these interesting ways. They're going to see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with power, with great power and glory. When? Then, says it right there, then, then, right after He turns off all the lights. That's the moment at which Jesus Christ will return to earth. Now, Mark hasn't used the word sign. He says they're going to see the Son of Man. They're going to see Jesus. In Matthew, he says they're going to see the sign of the coming of the Son of Man. Why? How will this sign appear in the sky, in the clouds. Just what does it mean when it says, something else that Matthew includes, all the tribes of the earth will mourn? Just how will He come on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory? Oh, and then what about that next verse? What about the angels who are going to gather together His elect from the four winds from one end of the sky to the other. Well, I think you ought to come next week and we ought to talk about that. Man, we haven't yet turned to the pages of our Bible where that event is described in even more detail, and we will do that next time. Now, as we've been trying to do all through this book, and especially here in the Olivet Discourse, think about why this is here for you. It's profitable to teach you, to correct you, to train you in righteousness. 1 John chapter 3, it says, everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself as he is pure. Why is this here? It's telling you that God has this all under control. And I want to ask you as you look at this, do you really believe in God as He truly is? He's um, the one who called everything into existence by His Word. 
And that word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He's the one who sustains every particle and every physical principle in the universe every moment. It was said long ago that in the beginning God created man in his own image, and man has been returning the favor ever since. We have this propensity to make God into what we really think He ought to be, how we want Him to be, but do you believe Him as He truly is? He's not some cosmic genie who pops out of a bottle to answer your prayers. He's not some far-off, impersonal force. He's not the combination of yin and yang or the light side of the force and the dark side of the force. He is Lord of everyone and everything. The question is, if you acknowledge His Lordship in your life today. And I think this is here, I mean, you can look forward to that. and Just, just imagine if you get out of church and you're on your way to the car and the sun goes off. And all of a sudden, you see the sky. Remember a couple years ago, the total eclipse we had here? And in the middle of the day, you could see the stars. The sun goes out and you see the stars, and then they just start going every which way. And some of them are burning up in your atmosphere or pieces of something are coming at you. Are you ready to face God? Have you come to the place where if you were to die, even before you hear part two of the sermon on the second coming, are you absolutely confident that you would go into the presence of that very same almighty God who's running the universe? If that did happen, if you suddenly stood face to face with God and He said, why should I allow you into my heaven? What would you say? Are you ready? Do you understand that the answer to that question is, you shouldn't? Not because of me, but I'm here because of what Jesus did for me. He took your wrath for me. Do do you understand that? This isn't here, as I say, just so we can fill out our end times charge. This is here to have us bow our knee at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, as... The Apostle John blurted out through his pen at the end of your book that you've given to us, even so, come, Lord Jesus. Have your way with us now. We know we live in this time where you've called us to take the gospel to to the whole world. Make us part of that process. Convict us where we are maybe slacking in what we could be doing. Put the words of the gospel on our lips and give us opportunity to, to speak the truth in love to people who, who need it, fan the flames of our hope and deepen the, the profundity of our confidence in our inheritance that is with you. Father, we want to serve you. Make it so. Deal with us in any way that we are failing to serve you and show us the better way that you might 
have willing servants among all of us for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.